Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day of epiphany where we have an experience and a reminder of your revelation that you are actually manifest, that you are here, your kingdom is here. Lord, I pray that the light of that revelation would be very bright here this morning. I pray, Lord, that even as we just sang, that we would be um, shining with your presence, that we would be alleluias from head to toe, reflecting your love and your hope and your healing to all who we encounter throughout this week and this year. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. You may be seated. So here we are. We're at the first Sunday of Epiphany, which means revelation. And um, I don't know if you think much about that word at all, but um, sometimes we think, I just had a revelation, you know, like something just occurred to me. Something finally made sense to me. Something all of a sudden became manifestly clear that was not clear before. Our church is um, called Light of Christ. And so when we were named, um, I guess it's about 13 years ago or so now, uh, we wanted to be somehow a, a presence in the community that was faithful to the gospel, the good news, that Jesus, that God has become flesh, that he's dwelt among us, that he's actually become the means by which we can know God and enjoy him forever that we can love him and know him, that he would love and know us. And somehow he wanted to be that faithful witness to all of what I just said. And um, so we, we discerned, like, so Lord, how can we portray ourselves? I mean, the first thing you ask if you're gonna be a church plant is, well, how should we make ourselves known in the community, which is the name? How should we be known? And it became pretty clear to us that in this context, in this environment, we sensed a lot of, um, I think, discouragement, disconnection, and even darkness. And a lot of that resulted in loneliness too. And people who didn't have a sense of belonging and didn't know how they were related to things that really would make a difference in their lives, they didn't themselves know how to become who they really were. And the more we thought about it and the more we prayed about it, the more we realized, man, we just need a revelation. And we need the light of Christ to come back and to open up our eyes again and to help us to see the things that, that need to be seen and to know the things that need to be known, but in particular to know God and to know that he knows us and to love him and to know that he first loves us. And all of that is captured in what it means to be the light of Christ. Jesus is the light from light. We say that in our creed all the time. He's the God from God, the light from light, the true God from true God. He is truly manifesting the divine in a human form in our midst. And he manifests it all the way down into every single aspect of what it means to be human. In fact, he shows us what it means to be human. He reveals what it means to be human in addition to revealing God at the same time. He is the revelation. So this morning we, we have um, the story of John the Baptist. It's the, the first Sunday in the Epiphany season. It's often the, the reading that we have for this Sunday. And um, I think we, we, we have some ideas about baptism. Many of us have been baptized. But I think we can, um, 
we can kind of compartmentalize it and say, okay, well, that was good. That was sort of, I was sort of initiated into this thing. I might not remember it because if I was baptized when I was a baby, I, I don't have an actual cognitive memory. Or even if I was baptized as an adult, that was a long time ago. So it seems like this thing that happened a long time ago, it's sort of isolated. And is it still speaking? I mean, I'm already in, so what else, kind of? And um, I think what, what we have from the, the, the annual revisiting of the revelation of Jesus and God in him, in this baptismal story, is, is, a, is a fact that's really important to grasp. And that is that our baptisms, the truth of our baptisms, and being renewed in that is actually life-giving. And we need it regularly. We need it. And uh, we, in a way, we revisit it every week, if you think about it. And, and we have that sort of symbolized by that. You see that um, sort of, what is that, Bra brass kind of a bowl there? It contains holy water. It's baptismal water, right? So as you, as you come in and you mark yourself with, with the water, the, you know, the, with the sign of the cross, you're reminding yourself of that truth. And if you go out, you're doing the same thing. You're saying, I'm going out to reflect, well, how do we put it, um, the, the, the light, uh, go forth into the world rejoicing in the light and peace of Christ. And so we want to be reflecting, as we say in our mission statement, that love, that hope, that healing of Christ. And we remind ourselves that we have that ability only by the power of God, through the gift of Jesus, through the baptism that we came into as a gift. And that's the source of our life. And we can be renewed in that. Because a lot of times we go back to the old and dead ways of life and we become forgetful. We become kind of like, it becomes hard to see. Maybe we even get a little bit blinded. I think when you understand what sin means in the, in the context of all of the scriptures, it actually means that you're starting to move out of life, but you're also starting to not see. The light is no longer permeating your vision and, and showing you what life really means. So I wanna explore just a little bit of this, this baptism and how it is that the Lord is revealed in this very first public way in the baptism. It kind of has transitioned. Last week we talked about the, the Magi and in a sense that's a, that's a revelation that came to the world in the form of these three Magi but it was still kind of a private event, you know? Not too many people were witness to it. And so we have here this morning the biggest celebration of the very first Sunday in, um, or it's actually January 6th, but a lot of times we do it the first Sunday of Epiphany, where God is revealed in Christ in his baptism. So I wanna think about this and what it has to do for, um, what it might imply for us right now as light of Christ in our lives. First of all, I wanna remind us, we talked about this passage a few weeks ago when we, when we did our series on making space for living, right? Remember that living room concept? We've talked about it a few times and, and how so much of our lives, they're, they're, they're cluttered with a lot of stuff and there's a lot of noise and there's really no space for living. And part of what we were exploring in Advent is how do we make space for living? Um, one of the big things that John does for us in his ministry, and it says before the passage that we read this morning, is he, he preached a baptism for the forgiveness of sins in preparation of the kingdom which is now approached and it's near. And he's saying, the kingdom is really near. It's right here. It's about to break in. 
And he's saying, you've got to be ready. That's to make straight the paths and make the crooked things smooth and all that. You know, that's the Old Testament expression of it. He's trying to open up things. But I want us to remember how he does it because it it will help us connect a little bit to why is baptism important? Not just in the beginning, but continuously. And what we see John doing is he's he's an Israelite. That means he's, he's been in the family for some time. You know, he's, he's an heir to being the chosen people. He's actually a son from way back of, of Abraham, of Moses, of, of, um, of David. He's part of that legacy. So he's in. And I think a lot of times when we think about our baptized, we think, okay, I'm in. So in a sense, it's very similar. We drank from the rock of the baptism, so to speak. The Israelites drank from that rock in the desert, but some of them wandered, and some of them didn't come all the way into the promised land. I think there's a message in that for us that we actually need to be renewed in our source a lot. Peter talks about this, we being renewed in our conscience. Our conscience often needs to be cleansed with a washing of the water of the word, with a renewal of the washing of the Holy Spirit, the life of God, the refreshing, vitalizing life of God. We need to be renewed in that. So how does John do that? What's really interesting to me is that as he goes outside the environs of the normal life of the promised land. And it's because the way that life was happening there was no longer life. Actually, there was something that was very deadened about it. And he knew it. He knew it deeply, and he had a prophetic calling and a prophetic anointing, and so he leaves the normal environs of his life, and he goes out to the margins, and he goes specifically to the River Jordan. And the River Jordan is a place of transition. It's that place that they had to cross with Joshua to come into the Promised Land. And those waters were parted, and they came through those waters from the wandering and into home. And they had that place of belonging there. And the hope was that they would never forget what they had learned in the wilderness, that every single day they are dependent upon God's gifts. They could plant and raise crops there now. They didn't need the manna, but they had to remember that everything in their lives depended upon his sourcing. And somehow, John knew that they had forgotten it. And they were no longer living in all the fruits of what the real promised land actually meant. I think that's our condition a lot when we, as baptized Christians, start to go on with life and life is normal and life as usual and we just lose sight of like Where are we really rooted? Where are we really founded? Are we founded on that rock that springs forth with the life-giving waters, the living waters of the Holy Spirit? Are we? A lot of times we're not, are we? And we've, we've gone away. So John actually takes a step outside of the normal conditions and spaces and practices of his life, and he goes out somewhere. I want to encourage us to think about it this way. This, this is the practical take-home I want you to consider for the next maybe couple weeks at least, but I, I think it needs to become a practice too, which is when, when, especially when you know, if you're really honest with yourself, that I've kind of hit into a dead zone. And, and my life has started sort of like flattened out so that there's not much of a spark left. And if that's where you're at, I think what that's saying to you is, I need to go back and sort of re-enter the life. I need to go back to that place of beginning again and go back to 
those waters of baptism and be reminded of what it means to actually know God and be with him and to have a conversation with him and have those words begin to wash away the clutter in your mind and begin to give it life again. I remember my baptism. I've shared that story a few different times, but I was a kid, and I knew there were things wrong in my life as much as a kid can know, but I, I, you know it in your heart, even as a child. Um, but I was like six or seven years old, and, um, and I, I remember going into those baptismal waters and coming back up, and the sense of, of renewal and the sense of life. I mean, I, I already had a ton of energy. I was six or seven years old. If you wanted to make me jump, just give me a cookie. But... There was nothing like what it was to come up out of those waters. And to have that, that kind of experience of God explode, and it was like an explosion. It was like a revelation. It was, in, in fact, for me, it was in a place, in the, in the context just coming out of the water, going back into that room that we emerged out of to get to the baptismal font. It was kind of dark, but it was no longer dark for me. You know, it was no longer dark. It was so full of light. Now, there was a sense of angels around celebrating at the same time. I think that's the truth of our baptisms. The truth of our baptisms is that it is like what we see with Jesus. The heavens open up and there is a revelation of God and the kingdom of God. And when we are really living from the life source, that's how life is. We can actually hear God, his voice speaking from the heavens. We can actually re-encounter him and be renewed in him. There's a few things we learn from Jesus about this too because it's not just John going away. He's preaching a baptism of repentance, right? For the forgiveness of sins. And, and all that requires us, is us to say, I got it wrong. I'm, I'm off. I need to return. I need to be renewed. What's really amazing about God's grace, his amazing grace, is that he comes to these same waters. He actually joins us in that place where we go away. And he goes into those waters. So if over the next couple of weeks, you could figure out a way to go away. And I'm, I'm thinking it could be very simple. It could be like a Saturday morning. Go away outside of the normal routine of your life and ask the Lord to take you back to beginning again. I think it's a good time of year to do it, isn't it? I mean, some of us already did it with the New Year's resolution type stuff, but I would like us to go a little bit deeper than that. And, I, and in fact, because Jesus actually goes to John, he shows us that it's, it's not something always that we can do alone. So I would say, find a good friend. Somebody you actually trust, or find somebody who's, who has a, some wisdom, who's walked longer with the Lord, and spend a chunk of time with them and say, you know what, I need to be renewed in this and I need to admit that the way that I'm living my life is out of order. The way that I'm living my life isn't fruitful the way that it's meant to be and I know that just from reading scripture. And so I need to be renewed and I need to come back into that light. I need to come back into that encounter. It's a very personal thing, by the way. And it was very personal for John. It was very personal for Jesus. It was public, but it was very personal. And um, I think the deepest revelations are, aren't they? That, that encounter with God that happens directly through prayer sometimes, directly coming to the table in the waters, but also interpersonally. And that revelation, that light that can explode is very personal. And so sometimes we need it to be ministered to us in a personal way. So think about in the next couple of weeks, how can I get away? How can I say really honestly, 
I've been off, I'm not living the fullness, and then seek the Lord. And have, ask him to renew your baptism. I'm looking around, I'm not speaking to those of us who haven't been baptized, because I think most of us have, if not all of us, I'm pretty sure. But the principle of baptism applies to us still. And every time we get down on our knees every week, we're renewing that truth. We're entering back into the meaning of our baptism, that we've stepped out of life and we need to come back into it. So I would encourage you to do that as a, as a discipline in beginning this year, but I want you to be encouraged because what we see with Jesus is that he says, because John is like, well, wait, you don't need to do this. We have to repent because we have gone off the rails and we have wandered away from life, but Jesus is life. He, he doesn't have to do that. And so here's where the revelation comes in, is that Jesus begins to show us something about what it really means to be like God and to be truly human too then. What does he do? He actually submits himself to our humble repentance. He doesn't even need to do it. He enters into that humility. And the way he describes it to John, he says, because he says, John's hesitant. He already recognizes that Jesus is that Messiah, that promised one, the one who's gonna really set us free from all of the, the, the things that are wrong in our lives. And, and yet, Jesus says, it's, let it be so for now. It's fitting. It's actually, this, this works. This is, this is the right and proper thing to do so that all of righteousness can be fulfilled. I think what we see from Matthew again, which is interesting, this is, remember, this is Matthew, the tax collector. This is a guy who's, who's really enjoyed the feast of what it's like to be in the world, right? He's cooperated with the system, he's been in on it, and he's, he's beginning to realize as he follows Jesus throughout the gospel that that's not life, this is life. And he, he portrays Joseph, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, he's a righteous man. Remember what that righteousness entailed? Mercy. This is to fulfill all righteousness, Jesus says. And so it's his love going down into humility. It's his divine identity going down into humility. And he's showing us something about what it means to be like God and what God is actually like. And we're made in the image of God. This is what we're supposed to be like. If you really wanna know who you are, entering into this practice, like going away on this retreat is one thing, but entering into it in humility, that's where the friend comes in, right? You can actually disclose, can you actually disclose the way in which you're off? Can you disclose it to a priest, the way in which you're off? To enter into that, Jesus entered into that and he didn't need to. So he shows us a little bit of God right away, going down into the humility that we alone really need to do. He didn't need to do it, but he did it to fulfill all righteousness so that all mercy can begin to go deep down. Remember I said at the beginning of the sermon, Jesus' revelation penetrates everything of our existence. It goes all the way down. It goes all the way down into the deepest sins. What's really cool about it though is that um, he doesn't just enter into that kind of death experience. He immediately rises up, it says. It's like a, there's an upsurge of, of life that happens. And so he goes all the way down to the bed of the River Jordan, and then he comes all the way up. And there's this ascent that's happening, and all of this is prefiguring the entire story of Jesus. He goes down into the, the death, which is the punishment for sin. And then he rises up by, um, 
because of love, because of the power of God, because of the Holy Spirit. And he rises up and he takes us into that life through baptism. So this is a prefiguring of that. And what's happening here is these waters that were originally just for repentance, I got it wrong, I just need to be ready. They become waters of fullness. They become waters of fulfillment. All the things that aren't right in our lives, actually in Christ now through these waters when we remember them, can become renewals of fullness of life. And that's the gift of being reminded of our baptism, is that there is a fertility to it. Um, one of the uh, men that I've been reading in the last year uh, about, about Matthew, he, he just writes very, um, I guess that's like, almost like a meditation. It's beautiful. He, he calls this our Lord's vertiginous compassion. His love goes into it and it just gives birth to all this life and this greenery and it, these are pastures that are green and waters that are living and it, it bursts forth in life and um, it's, it's life-giving and it's life full. It's full of life. It's full of righteousness. It means we're reconnected with God, the living one. And what happens in that is that the heavens are opened. So as we as we continue with this incredible revelation that's not just repentance, and it's, it's, um, it's a rising up in a renewal of life, but it's not, just, it's not just a life here on earth, it's actually a connection with God in the heavens. For a long time, the church has understood that what's happening here is you're beginning to be taken into this incredible intimacy that Jesus has. Because what, what happens is, is um, as he rises up, as the son of God rises up out of the waters in that fullness of life, is you hear the voice of the father. You don't see him, but you hear the voice of the father. And he's saying, this is my son. I'm delighted in him. He has my favor. And, and you, you, you begin to sense how much of the father's love is, is looking in delight at his son. And when we are baptized into Christ, we have that same gift. As the voice of the Father can begin to say in ways that we can actually hear when we're renewed. And remember, a lot of us haven't heard this in a while. And maybe it's because we haven't taken the measures to go out to the River Jordan on the margins of our life. Take a retreat, take a break, get away, stop the grind in order to be renewed there. But if you will, if you will humble yourself, enter into that and begin to receive that love and begin to receive that life, the heavens are going to open. They will open. They do open. They continuously are meant to be for us an opening. It's like Jesus says in John, like he's this ladder on which angels ascend and descend. It's, it's sort of like Jacob with the house of Bethel, the house of God, where he, he has this connection with heaven. And now Jesus, by entering into these baptisms, this baptismal water, us being renewed in it, we can be renewed in the same thing. And so when you pick up scripture then, what happens for me a lot is when I can really enter into a way of, of confession, a way of repentance in the waters of baptism, is that when I pick up these words then, these aren't just informational anymore. They're actually, wait a minute. It is different. It's, it's not like the Pharisees. You search the scriptures because you think you have life in them. I'm actually hearing the scriptures speak Jesus into me and to speak as if it's God's own mouth touching and renewing me and breathing life back into me. I think what's happening too, you see this descent of the Holy Spirit, 
it's, it's, it's visible as well. And you, you see this very personal conversation almost between Jesus and the Father, and it's an intimate reality, and yet there's witnesses to it. And that it's, it's, it's opening up to us. He's taking us into that. And that, that intimacy includes this gift of the Spirit. It's, it's portrayed here as, as, a, as a dove sort of winging down and descending and fluttering down to sort of between heaven and earth, if you will. And, and, and in many ways, that's, that's exactly right. I mean, it's our connection to heaven is so much about our entering into the life of the Spirit. And um, so as the heavens open up, this, this picture of the dove coming down, is that a, does it remind you of anything? Because it, it reminded me of, um, of that time when um, the, uh, at the end of the experience after the flood, you know, and Noah's on the ark, and he's like, Man, when am I going to get back to land? You know, when am I going to get back to a way of life that's not stuck inside this boat? <laughs> and he sends out these birds, but then eventually a dove comes back with a branch of new life and of life-giving growth. And that's really the gift of the Spirit. Um, Doves are white, too, so it, it has that sense of, of the presence of God, that, that clean and beautiful, maybe even fiery flame of God. It came down more like tongues of fire in Pentecost. But you have that sense of this connection with heaven because of our baptism into Christ and that anointing of the Spirit. That's what Christian means, is to be anointed in that Spirit who brings peace. The dove is a symbol of peace, but it brings a renewal of life, and it brings the, the fiery power to be loving, to, to the fiery power to even be, be a witness, to actually be a person like John the Baptist, who Jesus described as a lamp, to be people like what we say is to reflect the light of Christ's love. We can actually be that because of the Spirit, because of the Spirit descending and beginning to impart that to us. This is some of the, the fullness of righteousness that Jesus is talking about. The way that John describes his baptism, I, I baptize with water, but he's gonna baptize with the Spirit and with fire. And that's what we have here, is that this gift of the living Spirit of the Holy God, the Holy Spirit, is being given. It doesn't happen immediately here because we're still at the stage where the waters are just waters of repentance. But the church takes it up after the coming of the Holy Spirit. And it is all these things for us that we see in Jesus. I think there's a, just a, a very simple decision for many of us, and it starts with saying, I gotta get out of the normal. I gotta get out of the routine that has become kind of deadening in my life. And I need to be renewed in, in the reality of my baptismal life. It's actually the only life that will survive the testing that this world often throws at us. It's the only kind of life that will survive and also deal with the sins that we fall, fall into every day. It's the only kind of life that will make it possible for us to even stay alive through our own deaths and to not be subject to sin and evil and death. I was thinking about how we, we get a little bit of it, you know? We just get a little bit of it. Like, I, I think I know a little bit about what's wrong, but, oh, here's my solution. And I think, good, I, I'll do a little self-improvement. This is so different. 
This is actually being renewed in a different principle of life. It's not just me inventing a new, better mousetrap for how to live. It's actually being infused with the fire and the breath of God. Being reminded of the truth of who Jesus is. You know, as we go into the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to hear about different ways that we can enter into this life. Uh, especially next week, we have our annual meeting. There's going to be some groups where hopefully a lot of you can plug in and experience some of the life that I'm describing. But I think it has to start with this kind of root level thing, doesn't it? It has to go down to some very basic places where we restart, where we reignite, and we let it be so for now so that the Lord can fulfill us with his spirit and renew us in his spirit. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, today we're... um, glorying in the revelation that you began to unfold in your baptism. Where things that we didn't anticipate, that John himself did not anticipate, um, become manifest, become unveiled. It is an apocalypse of your presence, Lord. And it is breathtaking when we really um, have the gift of that renewal and that seeing and that knowing Lord, I would be so bold to ask that you begin some of that revelation in us this morning. I pray that you use the prayers on the side, Lord. I pray that you would use our confession in just a moment so that we would be um, once again filled with your fiery and peace-giving presence. Lord, I pray that you would um, renew us on the sides in prayer, that you would give wisdom to us as we seek you. Some of us have never gone up for prayers on the side. And I pray, Lord, if that's the River Jordan for us to go to, I pray that you would provoke it and that we would say yes to it. And Lord, I do pray for the gift of the next couple weeks to, for each of us to find a way that we can get out of our cycle so that we can be renewed and refreshed, revitalized, set back on fire. Lord, this is your desire. You wanted to do this, and you always want to renew us in this. We know your hands are open, Lord, with this gift, especially the gift of your spirit. And we pray that our hearts would be open and our hands would be open and our legs and feet would be ready to take us to receive. We pray this in your holy name, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.